Well, I hope you're all happy. I really hope you're all happy because I'm not. Breaking news into the BPW newsroom. Nico Kovac and Bayern Munich have officially parted ways. It was first reported by Bilds Christian Falk. And then within a matter of 10 minutes, the club itself confirmed it. The club initially reported that they had parted ways. Other reports said that he was sacked. Though the most recent development is that he resigned. He... Nico was quoted as saying, I think this is the right decision for the club at the moment. The results and also the way we played lately made me come to that decision. There were also quotes from Karl-Heinz Rummenigge, which said the performance of our team in recent weeks and the results have shown that there was need for action. Yuli Honus, Hassan Salahimidzic, and I had an open and serious conversation with Nico on this basis on Sunday with the consensual result that Nico is no longer the coach of FC Bayern. I'm joined by Tom Adams. Uh, Tom, I'm going to let you rant first before I go ahead and rant. Just go ahead. Go ahead and let it out because this is mind-numbing. Well, uh, the professional in me just wants to start off by saying, um, you know, thank you for everything, uh, Nico and Robert, that you've given us over the past season and a half. I mean, I know we went through very similar periods last season, particularly in the fall, where we suffered some really poor results and were able to completely turn it around and route to a domestic double. And, you know, obviously we crashed out in the Champions League to the eventual winners of the competition. So by no means can that be considered a disastrous season, but... You know, this just seems uh, to me um, very shocking, at least the timing. What I'm really curious is, you know, how many of these conversations took place behind the scenes without us knowing, Uh, perhaps, you know, after, you know, some of the poor results more towards the beginning of the season. Um, It's obviously just like the circumstances. I would say the timeline of of the past three days or so. You know, obviously the worst defeat of the season, our worst loss, I believe it was since 2009 in the Bundesliga against uh, Wolfsburg when they beat us uh, 5-1. to one. I, mean, I mean, if you look at this and take it contextually, so many people had been baying. Um, you know, there's the endless debate. You know, who's more productive, Thomas Muller, Philippe Coutinho? Why is Coutinho playing so much more than Muller? Why has Muller been uh, pretty much relegated to a substitutes role? And then for a couple games straight, we saw Muller and Coutinho start on the pitch together. Um, and, and then obviously he has the injuries to Nicolas Sua, Luca Hernandez. No matter who the manager is, that's going to be a difficult situation. So he's really strapped for options, uh, especially defensively. And I don't think there's anything wrong with the lineups he was choosing. And, you know, in the very early on, I think it was the ninth or the 10th minute officially that Boateng uh, got sent off for his challenge against Eintracht Frankfurt. It was a stupid mistake. He got himself into a bad situation. He made a bad decision at a very, very poor time. Um, they made the correct call after video review. It was just outside of the box. Um, so obviously that's a red card instead of a yellow card and a penalty. And there's just, I don't think any manager would have been in that much of a different situation. You know, I, I just feel so bad for, for Kovac because I think he's just almost in a way, uh, kind of like Granit Xhaka at Arsenal, just 
taking the brunt of just an overall bad situation. You know, you can only put uh, the right players on the pitch at any given time for any given match. And, you know, a lot of it is up to them. And I, I always say to people, he's not someone I ever see uh, like someone that managers do, you know, shout some instructions and then go have a seat uh, on the bench for, you know, a good 15, 20 minutes. He is always up there on the touchline, barking instructions, always instructing his players uh, on tactical shouts and getting them to do things that he wants to do. But, you know, I, I know that we'll probably be hearing and reading a lot from, you know, the details on perhaps maybe the dressing room had been completely lost. I remember earlier this week we were um, reading about uh, Tiago, one of the more senior players in the squad, you know, some of the players reportedly were upset that uh, Kovac was losing trust in him. And obviously it was pretty apparent in the beginning of the season that he was falling out of favor or excuse me, that Muller was falling out of favor, you know, another veteran figure in the squad. And I'm sure a lot of the players who have been with Bayern for many seasons now uh, would not have appreciated that. So there's a lot there uh, yet to be seen that I'm sure will come out, um, you know, within the days and the weeks to follow this. Um, obviously, there needs to be some sort of plan for a long-term replacement. Hansi Flick is going to take over for the for the time being, but you know now you really you really wonder what do Oli uh, Honus, Karl Heinz Rummenigge, Hasan Salihamidzic have up their sleeve as far as who they're pursuing for a long-term replacement. You know we've talked about um, Massimiliano Allegri from Juventus, Mauricio um, Pochettino. Um, Eric Ten Hag, who seems to be the the collective fan favorite for the guy to come back, but he is still under contract with Ajax until the summer of 2022, um, as we had uh, just posted earlier today in one of our articles. But yeah, so I'm really curious to see what's going to go on with that and how just how long exactly Hansi Flick is going to be uh, at the helm. Not to say he can't do the job, but you know I really want to see from our front office what exactly the plan is because if you're going to make this decision. Um, so rashly just ahead, uh, as you mentioned, of a big Champions League fixture, then y you better be sure that you have a, you know, the proper plan moving forward, which I, I do think uh, we do. But again, I, I just really do feel for Kovac. I have to say uh, that I, f I feel bad for him. I think he, he gave it his all. Um, and yeah, just want to end by saying thank you for everything and uh, all the best um, and yours in Robert's future. All right. <clears throat> I'm of the opinion that Niko Kovac never got a fair shake. His biggest problem was that he wasn't a superstar manager. His biggest problem was that he he wasn't the one that Bayern initially wanted. And as a result, that's why um that's why he got fired. That's my opinion. You can disagree with me all you want, but I honestly think that. And a lot of people are going to come back to me and say that Kovac was a bad manager. And that that can that can make sense. Like I can understand where some people can get that argument. But not only do I think that he didn't get a fair shake, I don't think he got treated fairly as a manager. I don't think he was allowed to make many of the decisions in terms of transfers. He wasn't really given much leeway in in, ter in terms of being able to buy players that he he thought would work. He 
if we're if we're really going to go ahead and say that this last game was the reason why he should have gotten fired, I would love to know how Boateng getting a card and sent off after just before 20 minutes of a game is Nico Kovac's fault. Right? A lot of the times he didn't make what well, we thought were great decisions, but overall he got results, right? Are we going to blame him for the Bochum game? Like, at what at what point does the accountability move from Niko Kovac or any other manager to the players? That's my question, right? I love this team. I will, I will live with this team for the rest of my life, right? But at some point some accountability needs to fall on the heads of the players from the fans. I don't think there was any accountability given to the players during Niko Kovac's time because he wasn't a superstar. And the thing that makes me even more upset is that Kovac was a Bayern Munich guy, right? He played for Bayern Munich. It wasn't, it wasn't like we got Thomas Tuchel and he used to manage Dortmund, and he never played on Bayern, right? No, this is one of our own. And we treated one of our own this way. The fans did. It never seemed like the board was on his side. The board never really backed him, really came out and said, look, he's our manager. We're not going to look into anybody else because he's our man. And that's who we're going to work with because we believe he's the right man for the job. And then he went out and won the double. In a year that almost seemed like Bayern was going to lose every single title they were in. He went out and won the double. Now are you going to tell me that Bayern Munich getting knocked out of the round of 16 to the team that eventually won the whole thing was Niko Kovac's fault? That it was the draw? That Nico Kovac conspired to have us play Liverpool? Because I don't. Right? We went to Anfield and pulled out a draw. And then we went home and we got battered. At what point then does it fall on the players? Because the lineup wasn't bad for that game. What point does the accountability for that move from Nico Kovac to the players that were on the field? And this was my entire point with Niko Kovac throughout his time as manager, that I love the players from, from the beginning to the very end, right? But sometimes players can have a bad game, right? It's more than acceptable to have a bad game. But the problem was you guys never, ever once thought that that was the case. Always blamed Kovac. And oh, by the way, we have a game against Olympiacos in two days. Oh, by the way, we have Der Klassiker this weekend, working with Hansi Flick as our manager. It would have made perfect sense to do this in January, or made perfect sense to do this in the summer. Yeah, we lost 5-1 to Frankfurt, but before then, was there any doubt in anybody's mind that Bayern was one of, if not the best teams in Europe, if not Germany? Because there wasn't in my mind. We were cruising, right? How does a man go from 7-1 to being fired after 5-1 against a tougher opponent at Tottenham? 
That was an example of Kovach putting in a game plan and putting in players that were good. The other was an example of Kovach putting in a game plan and players not following through on it. And now Niko Kovac is the man that's been fired. I don't know where we go from here. If we have Jose Mourinho as a manager, I'm fucking quitting the podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I don't know who could come in, look at the players, and immediately improve upon it. I'm hoping that we get Eric Ten Hag, right? I don't want Ranić. I don't want Mourinho. I want Ten Hag, uh, which I think is a sentiment shared by a lot of people. But if I was any potential manager, I don't know if I would sign on to be the manager of FC Bayern Munich. Because I know with one bad result, you're going to be up in arms. I love Bayern Munich. I love Bayern Munich fans. But sometimes you guys are just as bad as Man United fans, where you are every single time upset about the smallest thing. You could pull out a win. You could pull out a rough win like we did against Bochum. And still be mad at the manager. Because the problem couldn't possibly be on the players. Right? I love Alfonso Davies, and I'm just going to say this for this example. Because it definitely wasn't Alfonso Davies' fault that he scored an own goal, because that was Niko Kovac's fault for putting him there. Right? No. No, that doesn't make any sense. There needed to be some accountability on the players, and I don't think Bayern Munich fans gave the players that accountability, and they passed it off and said, well, how could it be the problem of the world-class team in front of us when we have a manager that isn't a superstar? I liked Niko Kovac. I thought that he was doing a pretty decent job, especially seeing as he won the team trophies, and I don't think he was ever treated fairly, and I'm very sad about him being... Forced. It doesn't being forced, whether it was by his own convictions or by the board or by fans, to resign. I wish him all the best because he deserved a lot better. Yeah, I just wanted to interject for one second. You know, the lovely saying hindsight is always twenty twenty, but when you were talking about, you know, everything you were just saying, having a very uh, world class team ahead of you, you know, it's easy to point the finger at the manager. You know, we don't know everything. Uh, that Kovac is saying, but, you know, I immediately, as a joint Bayern Munich and Liverpool fan, you know, I go back to when Klopp first inherited uh, the Liverpool team that was primarily uh, comprised of players that Brendan Rodgers had brought in the 2015-16 season when Klopp took over. You know, he had uh, issues with, you know, some of the ways that his players played uh, against the way that he wanted them to play. And immediately what sticks out to me is Alberto Moreno. You know, if you go on YouTube, Twitter, you do any sort of research on the computer um, or Google or whatever it is you're re researching on, you will see plenty of clips of him just absolutely berating Moreno because he used to get very agitated with how far he would bomb forward uh, and not track back properly and make unwise decisions when he was putting Liverpool into bad situations. And, you know, just looking at the past couple of weeks, as you mentioned, you know, the Davies' own goal, um, and whether it's Coutinho or Muller not playing well, Muller being benched, coming on against Augsburg, you know, having a bad miss and, and playing a few bad passes. You know, those are just uh, examples, just, you know, putting the players on the field. It, it's up to them when they make the mistakes. And it, it just kind of seems the past couple of weeks, 
I feel like Kovac maybe had that in the back of his mind. You know, you look at what he said ahead of the Frankfurt game, saying that they have the best fans in the world um, going back. You know, a week and a half, two weeks ago, I, I believe, when he was asked about if they could play the same way that Liverpool play, and he's like, well, you know, no, because I don't have the players that Liverpool have. This team can't do it, is essentially what he said, uh, you know, with a grain of salt. Obviously, that's not verbatim what he said, but we all, um, I'm sure most of you know what I'm referring to. And, you know, just to kind of circle that back together, I think, you know, if, like I said, hindsight is always twenty twenty, but looking at these past few weeks, I, you could kind of sense now that he was just like, you know, geez, like what else can I do? I can tell you X and O and A to Z a thousand times all week at Sabiner Strasse when we're going over the video analysis, when we're running our drills, when we're having our five asides, our 11 v 11s, you know, whatever it is. But if you're not going to perform and, and bring that on the pitch, he can't go out there himself and physically put players into position. You know, he can't go out there when Boateng is on the retreat and tell him, stay on your feet, don't make a rash challenge because you're going to give away a free kick or perhaps get sent off and, and cause what you cause, you know, the 5-1. You know, so I, I just looking, as I mentioned, at those past couple of weeks, I think that personally, um, just being able to, to read him, I think that that was kind of boiling in the back of his mind and, you know, we'll we'll come to see how much of this was, was Kovac just getting so frustrated and annoyed having to be, you know, the, the, the scapegoat for everything that went wrong um, both last season, even though we won the domestic double, and, and thus far uh, this season versus how much was it, you know, Honus and Rumenega, uh, Salihamidic saying this is this we need to make a change. You know, would would this decision have come if Kovac didn't feel uh, so strongly that the, the change needed to come? Because, um, you know, last I heard about 14 hours ago was that, uh, well, okay, we'll see. Big matches, as you said, coming up, Olympiacos. By the way, if we win this game against Olympiacos, we are through to the next round of the Champions League, um, the knockout stages, and then Derek Lasker coming up. We win that. We're 100% back in the title race. As we all know, there's not many points separating first through uh, six right now. So, yeah, just would love to see you know, how much of it was him versus how much of it was our front office. But telling times ahead, you know, so I know there's going to be uh, mixed emotions, uh, negativity, positivity, but I would just advise everyone, you know, you know, think back, you know, has this front office ever steered the club so drastically wrong when faced with a difficult situation? You know, we all know what happened with Ancelotti um, and, and how he came back and fared when, when yep, Pikes came back. So keep the faith. I know that uh, Jake here is, is pretty upset, as a, a lot of other people are uh, that are associated with BFW, but you know, on we go. And again, as Jake had said, Danke for alles, Nico. Uh, best of luck with with whatever uh, comes next for you and Robert. Danke for alles, everybody. Uh, everybody that was there. If I see Jopankis on that sideline, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> uh, that would be hilarious to see. But yeah, so this is going to serve as the episode of Dare Ausblick for this week as well. We were basically just going to talk about how the game turned badly and not much else because we just recently played Olympiacos. So uh, after that game, we will be releasing our episode of the Bavarian Podcast Work Show where we will be announcing the winner of Muller-Ween. So please be sure to download that one. Please be sure to... Like us, follow us, rate us, share us, subscribe to us, and uh, we will see you uh, later on this week. Uh, auf Wiedersehen.